Hi everyone, this is Anna, and you're listening to my podcast on Heaven and Hell. Hey everybody, welcome, welcome. I am so thankful that you're here listening to the podcast today. We have a ton to talk about. Obviously, um, if you listened last week, I barely got started talking about our topic of Bible translations before I had to just stop myself. So we are, I'm going to try to jump right into um, talking about more Bible translations today because I want to be able to um, give you all of that information. But there is one or two things I want to talk about before we get there. Number one is that currently we have a giveaway going on on the social media accounts for the Heaven and Hell podcast. So if you're not following us or following me on Instagram or Facebook, please go check it out. I'm giving away a Haley's Bible Handbook, which I talked to you guys about um, in episode four or five when I talked about my favorite tools that help with Bible study. One of them is the Haley's Bible Handbook. So I'm giving away one of those and I'm also giving away a bread Bible which is a chronological Bible. It has um, all the scripture already in chronological order and um, it just makes it really easy to follow along. So I'm doing two giveaways. I'm going to give those to two different people. So If you haven't already, follow us on our social media accounts. Please do that. And the giveaway ends on Sunday. The Sunday after this episode will be released. So please go check that out. And then the second thing kind of goes along with our topic today, but it's a little bit of current news. Um, I will say that I was trying to decide if I wanted to just go straight into part two of Bible translations or if I wanted to move on to something else and then maybe come back later and talk about them some more. And then something happened, um, and I didn't really know about it because I don't watch the news or keep up with any of that, but Joseph does, and he was telling me about this. And so um, just as I was getting ready for this podcast and you know, had been praying about where the Lord wanted to take it next, I really felt like we needed to cover the rest of these Bible translations. And so, goodness, what I'm talking about is uh, you might have seen in the news where Puffin, the Puffin Publishing Company, what had said that they were going to come out with new um, editions of Roald Dahl's books he wrote, um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, some of the James and the Giant Peach, you probably read some of his books when you were in elementary school. A lot of them have been turned into movies and whatnot and um but the reason I bring this up is because it presents a much larger conversation of censorship and editing and um just changing um historical and literary works and the Bible is considered because it is it's a historical um piece of writing and there are a lot of things in the Bible that are offensive to a lot of people when they're taken out of context or when um, they're not looked at through the lens of grace. Um, And so what really opened my eyes, what kind of was alarming to me was the response to these, the Roald Dahl books. Um, The response was that if we're not, if we're going to edit his works, why not edit 
some other historical works. And um, there was a tweet. There were a lot of tweets. But there was one tweet in particular that I read from a professor in London who said, so if it's all right to make changes to Roald Dahl to remove the offensive bits of the saint, bits does the same apply for Shakespeare and then he mentioned a few other works and he mentioned the Bible and I do think that his tweet was meant to be a little bit um sarcastic but the comments there were hundreds of comments on his tweet of people in agreement with that that the Bible should be edited um to get rid of some of the offensive parts or that the Bible has already been edited to fit um, like modern society and it has been edited as time has passed on to fit the culture. So this was just really scary because what this tells me is that there is a narrative out there about the Bible and that narrative is that the Bible cannot be trusted and that it's been changed and manipulated in a way that makes it untrustworthy. So, I mean, I know that's really just heavy, but I want to address it um, because that's what this podcast is all about. And um, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I believe that the Bible can be trusted. I believe that it is the divinely inspired Word of God. And um, I have done research on how it's been translated. And so... um, I want us to walk away from this episode feeling confident that we can trust in the Word of God and also just having the knowledge that we need to combat this conversation that's out there in the world that the Bible can't be trusted or that it needs to be changed. So I just wanted to address this quickly that the Bible has been changed, it has been edited, it has been um, rewritten. You can, I mean, all of those things are true. But if you do the research, that's why it's important to know about those four ways that the Bible are translated. In the last episode, word for word, thought for thought, balance, and paraphrase. Um, I, I said that I wasn't going to give any recommendations, but I will say that my preference is a translation that's word for word because those translations look at the most original Greek and Hebrew texts that we have, and it looks at what those words meant then, and it translates them into the words we have today that have the closest meaning. And so that's why I believe a word-for-word translation is the most reliable. Um, But it's also why it is so important that we are diligent about doing our research and understanding how the Bible was translated and how each version of the Bible that we read was translated because we are living in a world that does not like the Bible. It's just, it's ignorant to think that um, those perspectives do not exist um, of people who are against the Bible. And I remember when I was a kid going to like youth camps and stuff where they would say, you need to memorize scripture because there could come a day when they will take your Bible. And um, I, I don't see them at this point in time actually taking your Bible from you. But I do believe that we live in a very confusing time where the enemy wants, the enemy of our souls wants to plant seeds of doubt 
And that's what's scary. That's how the word of God gets robbed from us because we, um, if we start to believe the narrative that the world is putting out, that the Bible can't be trusted, then the enemy has done his job and he has taken the word of God away from us because he doesn't care if you have a Bible in your hands. He cares if you believe that it's true and if you live like it's true. So let's wrap this part up and let's talk about some translations. And I, I want to leave you with this verse. It's Proverbs 30 verse five. It says, every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. And that scripture was just so encouraging to me because I believe that the word of God is true. I believe every word of it. But not only that, I, I believe God, he is a, I proved it, I'll prove it kind of God. Um, everything that I've read in his word, I've seen it in action as well. I've seen it come true. Uh, when Jesus came in the New Testament, he took all of the scripture and that's the very first gospel, Matthew, is full of these um, like quotations where he quotes the Old Testament scripture to them. He says, you've heard this. This is what you've studied, but I'm telling you this. And he fulfilled all of it because he's a prove it kind of God. Everything he says, um, every word of God proves true. So here we go. I'm going to take about 10 minutes and I'm going to go through some Bible versions and talk about just a brief like history and just some information that I can give you about those translations. In our last episode, we talked about the King James Version and we talked about the New King James Version. And so let's get started. And I want to start with the English Standard Version, the ESV. That's the version that I use the most for studying. And when I put in my Instagram stories, when I put in my Instagram stories um, for you guys to let me know which versions you like to read from or um, that you had questions about, a lot of people said the English Standard Version. The English Standard Version is a word-for-word translation, just like uh, the King James Version, but it was published in 2001, so it is a more... um, modern word-for-word translation, so there are going to be different words that are used, and um, it was translated from the Revised Standard Version, which came, um, which was a translation of the King James Version, and it's written on like a eighth grade reading level, so Um, It's a little easier maybe for teenagers and adults to understand. So that's the English Standard Version. I also want to talk about the New International Version, the NIV. I remember when I went to college and I took my New Testament class, I've told you about before, um, and the version that our professor had us read was the NIV. And I remember feeling like such a rebel because the NIV was a Bible translation that like everyone said, you should not read. Like I just remember that being the narrative when I was in like high school, college is that the NIV was like, there was something so bad about it. But after doing my um, research, the New International Version, it is a balanced translation. So it's like between um, word for word and 
thought for thought. And it was, it's like on a seventh grade reading level. So it is a lot easier for a lot of people to understand. And it was like the text that it was translated from was the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Septuagint, and um, the New Testament was translated from the Eclectic Text. And the Eclectic Text was where scholars examined every ancient Greek manuscript available and then they selected the variant that seemed best. Um, it practices like textual criticism, which means that they examined external and internal evidence in order to determine which was the most accurate. So I think this is where you get like your balanced approach because they're not just going word by word. They're also looking at like um, outside evidence for what those words, what they would have meant by the phrase by phrase. And so um, the most recent version or translation of the new international version was in 2011 and it brought a, it brought about a lot of shifts in um, English usage because it's it is more modern so that's the new international version last week I used the scripture of Matthew 4:19 to kind of compare so let's do that really quickly. I can do it with the ESV and the New International Version. In the King James Version, Matthew 4:19 says, And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. In the New International Version, Matthew 4:19 says, Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And then the English Standard Version of that scripture Matthew 4, 19, and he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So kind of the biggest difference I see in those scriptures, English Standard Version and King James Version said fishers of men and the New International Version said, I will, said, I will make you fishers of people. And you know what this seems like? The best time, as good a time as any, to bring this up. Um, the New International Version says people. King James and ESV says men. Some of the more modern translations are more inclusive. Use more inclusive language. And that's not because the new translations have been changed to be more culture, culturally appropriate for today. It's because... The translations that were written in like the 1600s were changed to be cultural, culturally appropriate for the 1600s. The original Greek and Hebrew texts were more inclusive. Um, so that's why modern translations, that's why it's good for them to be updated as we learn more about language. So. There you go. There's your information about that. Okay, another translation that I really love is the New Living Translation. And I actually started reading the New Living Translation. I don't use it for study. I use ESV for study because it's word for word. But I started using the New Living Translation whenever um, we were working, our church was working in recovery. And one of the recovery programs uh, that we worked with, all of the women in that, that lived in the house um, of that program had New Living Translations. And it just was 
really easy to read. And the New Living Translation is a thought-for-thought translation, and it's on like a sixth grade reading level. And I thought this was really interesting in my study of it, that um, this trans, the New Living Translation removes theological terms such as justification. And it's not that it, I, that was like scary even saying that. I hope no one stopped the podcast and just quit listening after I said that. Um, it removes that actual word, but instead of that word, it gives the definition for it because um, just for clarity. So that is why it's used by people who aren't, like it would be a good translation for people who aren't up and up on the biblical um conjecture or jargon you know they're not like all those like really churchy words the new living translation gives the definition for those words instead of using those words in some instances well here's one example john we're familiar with john 316 i'm sure and then 317 says for god sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved that's the king james version The New Living Translation says, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So instead of using the word condemn, it uses the word judge. So I feel like that's kind of a good example. All right, so I've given you a few examples of word-for-word translations. King James Version, New King James, the English Standard Version. I gave you an example of a thought-for-thought, which is the New Living Translation, and then a balanced translation, which is the New International Version. There's one more type of translation, and it's the paraphrase translation. And probably the most popular paraphrase translation of the Bible is the Message Bible. And the Message Bible was published in 2002, and it was um, written to just put the Bible in like very common language. I said that I wouldn't give any recommendations, and so this is not a recommendation. I have a message Bible sitting on the shelf in my living room. I rarely ever look at the message Bible. It To me, it seems like it adds so much, and I understand why um, the translation was written in that way, but if you're looking... Um, for a translation that's just going to give like some more clarity, then I I would say like the New Living Translation is a good one. Okay, and so I want to close this out by talking about one last translation, and it is the Christian Standard Bible, which is the most updated version of the Holman Christian Standard Bible. And I bring this one up. I have not used it very much. I don't know that I've ever used the Holman Christian Standard Bible, but um, just a week or so ago in Bible study, um, we were looking at a section of scripture that was really confusing. And so we said, let's look for this word in the original Greek text. And while we were looking that up, um, one of the girls in the Bible study said, I'm going to look it up in the translation that I've been reading from. And so she looked it up in the Christian Standard Version and or the Christian Standard Bible. And whenever we got the translation from the original Greek, 
we read that. It would be really helpful if I had the actual example, but I don't remember what it was. Um, we read it from the original Greek translation, and it said the exact same thing as the Christian Standard Bible. And I was just so impressed at the accuracy of the translation. And so I have actually been using that version quite a bit since then. And when I just kind of looked up and did some research, it said that, of course, the Christian Standard Bible is a revision of the Holman Christian Standard Bible, but that it includes an updated translation and word choices that optimize both fidelity to the original language and clarity for a modern audience. So um, it is highly accurate. Um, and so it, and it is a, the Holman Christian Standard version was a balanced was a balanced translation so I really like that one as well okay that's it guys I hope that you have enjoyed uh, hearing about these Bible translations if there's one that I didn't talk about that you would like to hear from hear about we probably won't do it next week but who knows in the future there may be some more translations that I could talk about um, you guys make sure you go enter the giveaway that we're doing and I hope that you have a great rest of your week and I will see you next time. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast today. To wrap this thing up, I want you to repeat after me. Say, I am a Bible reader. I can understand God's word. And I will be changed by what I learn. Hey guys, you're going to change so much more than just your own life. By understanding God's word, you're going to change your family, your community, and this world. Thank you for joining me, and I'll see you again soon.